Welcome to Inspirational Talks with LaDonna Marie, a Planting Positive Seeds podcast. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Inspirational Talks with LaDonna Marie. You are listening to Jade. I will be co-hosting this evening. I am super excited to get into this interview tonight. We have, ladies and gentlemen, Maya Scott. She is the CEO of the Blood Blocked It LLC. She is the mother of two beautiful children, a certified life coach, motivational speaker, soon to be best-selling author, and most importantly, a vessel of the Most High, Jesus Christ. Maya was born in Laurel, Mississippi, and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. After experiencing many difficulties in her life, such as drug addiction, low self-esteem, suicidal thoughts, being molested as a child, homelessness, domestic abuse, and much more. Maya decided that it was time for her to turn her life over to the Lord. And God showed up and showed out and changed her whole world for the better. So I'm so excited to get into this interview and I'll let her introduce herself and we'll get into it some more. So Maya Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm glad to be here. So glad to have you. So please tell us a little bit more about yourself and your ministry. My name, well, my name is Maya Scott. I have two self-published books. And my ministry is just to tell people about what God did in my life. I'm not a pastor, but if I can just reach someone with my story to let them know, like, it's it's not over for you. Like, he can still fix it for you. Like, don't give up. Like, that you can still make it through. Yes, that's so inspirational. Like, I want to talk about, especially you say that you're coming from drug addiction and uh, low self-esteem, suicidal thoughts and molestation, all of this. So how, how did that go from, you know, where you were in this dark place to God redeeming you? I was just, I was tired. I was tired of taking drugs. I was tired of being in the street. I was tired of just going through things. And I I was, I grew up in a church and I knew God, but I didn't know God. You know, I think my mom served God in church, but I never had a personal relationship with God. And so I called on him. I'm like, God, I need you. I was sitting in jail. I said, God, I need you to come through for me. And he did. And he did. He did. And he's been saving me ever since. Wow. How did, so it took that, like, um, that heart to heart with God to transform from religion, would you say, to relationship? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I couldn't put it in better words. From religion to relationship. Girl, you should write a book. Girl, there go your title right there. Girl. Glory to God. That's a word right there. From religion to relationship. 
Wow, I just I just noticed so many people, you know, like you said, you know, we see, you know, this religion around us, but do we really know God? And mm-hmm. I love it that that heart to heart with him. Mhm. Wow. Yep. So so how did you um form that relationship with God? Well, like I said, I grew up in the church. I was always in church. I have a church background. So I knew who God was. I got saved at a young age. I was at a play and they were showing people going to hell. So I got saved because I was like, I don't want to go to hell. I just got saved so I wouldn't go to hell. But after going through molestation, being molested at six years old, going through everything that I've been through, you know, like hurting and healing, going from domestic relationship, from domestic violence relationship and drugs. I was just tired. I called out to him. I'm like, God, I'm for real. Like, I give up. What you want from me? Like, what you want from me? I'm like, why you punishing me? Like, why my life got to be so hard? You know? And I just got serious with him and serious ever since. Wow. So tell me, like, um, where was that that pivotal moment? Um, what did what did he start leading you to do at that point? Okay, it was I'm gonna say two years ago, three years ago. I was in a really bad relationship with this guy. He was mentally and physically abusing me. My kids were watching what I was going through. And I was like, God, you got to get me out of this. I had already formed a relationship with God. I, I was a new, I was new in it. Like I knew him, but I was getting to know him for myself. And um, I went on a fast. And I was like, God, you got to leave me out of this. I'm like, God, help me. And he showed up. And I went to lunch with my sister and her friend, and we was just talking about stuff that happened in our lifetime. And he was like, your life should be a movie. And we just laughed. I was like, everybody see that, everybody see that. And I went home that night, still on my fast. And um, when I went to sleep that night, God spoke to me. He was like, your life is not a movie, it's a book. So. I went and got a pen and some paper the next day and I jumped right on it. I started writing and I just started writing and it started healing. I was writing and healing and I wound, wound up putting a book out and I didn't really think nobody was going. But I'm like, well, God, you told me to do it. And when I put it out, like people was like, thank you so much for your book. Your book really changed me. Your book really helped me release some things that I've been holding on wow. to. And I was like, really? Like, I like you really want to hear what I got to say? I didn't think people wanted to hear what I had to say. I just was obedient to God and did what he told me to do. And that's when he started doing that fine tweaking, like, all right, my, like, you in here, you got the microphone now. You can't be doing this. And it took some tweaking and, whew, and now I'm finally just doing what he want me to do with no resistance. Wow, that's such a blessing. Yeah. Wow. So how did so did you face any backlash and warfare when writing this book? 
Yes. It wasn't with the writing. It was with, like, once it came out. So I was molested by a family family member at a young age and molested by someone close to the family. So I told my family, my immediate family, like, okay, well, I put this in a book, but I didn't mention names because... I wasn't trying to throw nobody out there. I was just writing. I wasn't writing to tear nobody down. You know, I was just getting it all out. I was releasing it. And they was like, oh no, you shouldn't be writing that in a book. You should, some stuff you just got to take to the grave. You just got to take to the grave. And I, I remember riding home, I was on the interstate and I just broke down crying. And I called my sister, I'm like, uh, they talking about some, um, I don't need to put this in the book, but they don't know they hurt me by saying it. Like, you care about this person and how this person gonna feel when I'm hurting. I was carrying that for a long time. It was killing me. I couldn't pick relationships right. I was running from, I started using drugs to numb. I started, didn't know how to love myself. I didn't feel worthy all because of that. And I was like, you don't see that this is hurting me and you care about they feelings other than mine. And my sister told me something so simple but powerful. She said, Maya, you can't feel no way because they don't know. She was like, they don't know. They can't give you what they don't know. And I, I released them. I was like, you know what? You're right. They doing the best that they know how. They can't give me what they don't know. And later on, God convicted them and he let them know that they was wrong. And they wound up calling me and was like, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And that's the only backlash I faced till date. Hopefully no more. <laughs> Wow, that is a powerful testimony in itself. I feel like that is very prevalent in this season where, you know, God is calling a lot of people to step out, but the backlash and the, the warfare, and wow, that was powerful. She said, you can't expect people to give what they don't have. You can't. You can't. You can't, because, you know, the older generation, they was raised, they've been through a lot of things, but they was raised... If an uncle touched them or a brother touched them, this don't don't let this come out the house. This this we gonna sweep this under the rug because it's an uncle, because it's a brother. And every time you're around them, you're suffering. You got the whole list, and they got this take it to the grave mentality. But no more will I be silent because I cannot let it go to another generation. It ends with me. It won't happen to my daughter. It won't happen to my grandkids. It ends with me. No longer I have to stand up against that spirit and call it out. No longer would you will you operate in my family lineage. No more. I'm the curse breaker and we're gonna break this curse because it's it's been going on in my family for a long time. And that molestation at six years old, it led me to not knowing who I was. Me not knowing who I was, I started taking pills. Me not knowing who I was, I started picking the wrong men. Me not knowing who I was, I felt like I wasn't worthy, I wanted to die. Me not knowing who I was led me down a dark path. And it's important that you know who you are. Because the, that's what the devil try to trick you in your identity. Once he can trick you in your identity to get you to, to off track of not knowing who you are, that's when he have you. So it's good to know who you are. Teach your kids who they are. 
in Christ. God said we are fearfully and wonderfully made. When I'm having a bad day, I say, God, I don't feel like it, but you said I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. His word is law. What he say is law. And I know this is probably, I'm going rogue on you right now, but any mother, if you listen to this, listen to your daughters. Listen to your daughters. Protect your daughters. Protect your sons. I know so many men came out to me and told me that they have been touched and they've been molested, but they hold it in. They keep it within themselves and it breaks them down. It breaks them down and, and it's sad. Got to stand up against it. I ain't gonna never stop talking about it. Never. So, okay, you say protect your sons, protect your daughters. Now, what does that look like? It looked like asking them how, when they go somewhere, keeping an eye out on them. I ain't saying hover, but if you have to hover over your child, when you have that uneasy feeling, or they're around a whole bunch of people you don't know, you make sure you stay in our reach of your child. You talk to them. You have the bad touch, good touch talk with them. Hey, no age is too young. My daughter is four. She have already been tried. Somebody tried to touch her. But by me having that good touch, bad touch with her, she knew, no, that's wrong. I can't do this. My mama said, this is wrong. This is wrong. And I'm like, thank God that I told her that so she can know that's wrong. And she came and told me. And I always let them know, like, you're not going to get in trouble. I don't care if they say they're going to kill me. They're going to kill you. Come and tell me. You come and tell mama. Wow, that's amazing. Yep. So to a person that is facing the the spiritual warfare of, you know, wanting to, well, being that generational curse breaker, but facing the backlash, what does that release process look like? In that that season, it may be lonely. It may not be as easy. God may not convict the people who giving them backlash as fast as they convicted the people that's giving me backlash, that was giving me backlash. But you just have to walk with God in that season and know that you are helping someone else. Your story matters. Your healing matters. Don't put yourself last, worrying about how somebody gonna feel. You have to protect yourself. You have to make, you, you have to heal yourself. You, you come first. You you come first. You can't worry about what nobody gonna say. You can't worry about what nobody gonna think. You tell the truth and you keep it stepping. You have to be like, God, if I have to go alone, I'm going alone. And you have to do it with a good heart. I forgave the person. So I was able to talk about it. Cause forgiveness is healing. And when I learn how to let that go and learn how to forgive without, I hate him. He ain't have to do that to me. He didn't have to do that to me. But it happened. I didn't deserve that, but it happened. I can't go back and change it. I can no longer let it make me make bad decisions. I can no longer let it make make me bitter. I can no longer have me closed off to the world. I want to talk to nobody. want to be alone, moody. No, I have to release it and let them go. 
And if you don't want to tell, you don't have to say the name. You can just say a family member molested me. You don't have to say the name if if you don't want to. But it may get lonely in that season. You might just have to walk with God. But that's okay. Heal yourself. You come first. Put yourself first. Man, that's so good. That is so powerful. What I um, noticed is that you said that you, a fast is, is what broke this whole thing off. Tell me about that fast. Well, I was tired. Like I was in that abusive relationship. I was drugging. I was just going through a lot of health issues. I never had anxiety and panic attacks in my life. I was going through deep spiritual warfare. And I knew some things only come by prayer and fasting. So I gave food up and I was serious. And I was serious and people make it like, oh, you have to fast for this amount of days, this amount of days. God know when you have a made up mind and a steadfast heart, he know that. So it was three days for me. I was like, God, I'm serious. I prayed all day. In my mind, I still was getting stuff done and I was praying. I took a time to read, read my Bible. I was still doing chores, but I was fasting. I, I didn't eat. And I just was like, God, you have to break this thing. You got to give me direction. What I need from you is direction. God, I'm not asking you for nothing else. I'm not asking you to make me rich. I'm asking you for directions. Because if you don't give me directions, I'm going to mess this thing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gave me direction. And it, it wasn't, he didn't tell me a lot to do. He said, your life is not a book. It's a movie. And then... Last night, I can talk about something current since we talking about fasting. I've been going through this situation because people put this facade out like, oh, once you're a Christian, it's all good. Everything is everything <laughs> just gonna be rainbows and ice cream, but it's not. <laughs> it's yep. not, baby. When you yep. become a Christian, that put a target on your back and the devil like, okay, what can I do today to get to her? That's why you have to stay prayed up. That's why you have to stay in a room. You have to keep your spirit strong. I, I, I was on a fast yesterday and I was tired. When I tell you God know when you sincere and he know your heart, he gonna come fast. I said, God, I need some answers now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need some answers today, God, because if you don't come, just take me with you. Oh, I'm finna mess this up. You gave me the mic. You gave me the ministry. God, if you don't help me, I'm finna mess this up. I'm finna Mm -hmm. mess it up. And a lady prophesied to me about two weeks ago at a women's conference. She said, I hear you. This before I was really asking God the questions. You know, I was like, God, what I need to do? God. But I didn't know I was going to go into a stage of desperately needing his answers, desperately needing his direction. She was like, God, I hear you calling out to God. And I was like, yeah, she right. I be calling out to him. She was, she was like, and he going to come for you. She was like, he going to come to you and give you some answers that you're looking for. And I was like, all right, cool. And when I started on this fast yesterday, in the middle of the night, I can't tell you what time it was. 
I had been at work. I was crying. I couldn't even sing. I was playing For Your Glory. I couldn't even just sing the whole song. Girl, I was in here crying. I was a mess. I was a mess. I was like, God, I need you. Help me. But I was serious. This morning, today, I had an encounter with God. Wow. Glory to God. He came, and it's like something shook me in my sleep. And he told me, ask what you want in this hour. Ooh, me these questions no more. I got chills all on my over my body. I've been thinking about this all day. And I was half sleep, girl. And it really put, he might come in the midnight hour. He definitely will come in the midnight hour. Because he going to say, is you going to choose sleep or you going to choose him? Girl, I'm half sleep, girl. I'm like, what? <laughs> Girl, I start asking God some questions. I fall asleep. I wake back up. I start praying. I fall asleep. And I'm like, when I really just got up around five this morning, I was praying and I was like, dang, God, please don't let me have missed the hour to ask. And then mm. while I was at work, I was like, dang, man, I ain't really get to ask God nothing. I was just sleeping and dozing off and waking up. I wasn't really, I just should have got up out the bed. And then it, it brought me back. The Holy Spirit brought me to the scripture when God said, this is my hour, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm. He, he wasn't talking about the hour. He was talking about in this time that I'm mm. in, in this time of asking, in this time of obedience, in this time of sacrifice, Amen. ask him what I want. <laughs> girl, girl, look, girl, I've been asking God everything, girl. I almost said, God, could you run them lottery numbers about me, please? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, God, my child crazy. I know she a little, I know she a little shaky. Girl, but yes. And that was today. So this ain't, this ain't, I ain't talking about past stuff. This is now. And he told me, Maya, if you want, and this, I feel like this word is just not for me because it's not a coincidence that I'm on your show today. He said, if you want something different, you have to do something different. You can't do the same old thing and get new results. In this season, if you want something different, you have to do something different. When I was fasting and praying, when I was in that relationship, I was up at five in the morning, looking at John Gray, praying, shouting. Girl, my neighbors probably thought I was crazy, girl. I was reading the Bible, like I was all in it. And when he moved me out that situation, I got kind of relaxed. Like, okay, I can flow now. I wasn't reading my Bible like I was supposed to. I wasn't waking up at five because I'm trying to get sleep. I'm trying to sell books. I got to go to work because I got a job. I got these kids in this house. I'm like, God, I need this extra hour. Girl, but after today, God, look. God, you can have that hour. You can have two. Wait wow. till Girl, I'm going to jump on. up, girl. He can keep me up for a week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, this is some fire. If y'all listening in, you need to be sharing this message because I'm sure, like you said, it's not a coincidence. So many people need to hear this word in this hour. In this hour, ask me what you want. So I feel like in this season, if you're a believer, and if you would just submit to God and ask in this hour, he just, it, he just ain't coming to answer questions for me. He'll come and answer them for you. But Glory if he God. know your heart is right to look, fasting and praying, that, that's the key. That's the key. 
fasting and praying. Yes, if you want to knock on, kick Kevin those gates down and be like, Jesus, you you in there? Go on the fast and start praying. Glory to God. Man, just by this conversation, I just know the, the book is anointed. So let's, <laughs> let's talk about this book. <laughs> well, it's a book about my life. I talked about my, my molestation. My dad was really, really mean. Like he used to abuse my sisters and brothers and my mom and she left him and she got with my stepdad and I had resentment towards him because I had father issues and he wasn't doing nothing but trying to love me and stare me in the right direction, but I couldn't stand him because I wanted, I was needing that love from my real dad. So that led me to rebel. And it led me down a road of destruction, trusting people. At 15 years old, I started popping pain pills and drugs. And my sister and them, while we were younger, like in our younger years, like they didn't know. They they just knew they was abused by my dad. And they didn't, they took it out on me somewhat. So that caused me to be sort of a people please. I felt like I had to be a certain way or do a certain thing because I didn't want them mad at me. Like I was like, I ain't trying to make them mad. I'm trying to stay on their nice side. Let me stay on their nice side. And um, that just led me down a road of people pleasing, not knowing how to say no, not knowing how to stop or get out of something. And I talked about getting, having um, suicidal thoughts, wanted to kill myself, attempting to kill myself, attempted to kill myself. I speak about that. I speak about um, being in the domestic relationships with men, going to jail for murder that I didn't commit. Let me say that again. I didn't commit it. My own family turned on me. They was writing statements on me, false statements saying I did something I didn't do. It took me through a season of hate. I was hating. I had hated my heart. I hated them for that because I would have never did them that. God just had to shake me up. Girl, I was all messed up, girl. I was all messed up. You have to send me your address. I'm gonna have to send you a book, girl. I talked about my divine encounter with God. Girl, it's all in there. It's all in the book. I'm so excited. And then the, the cover, the, the title of the book is called um, The Blood Blocked It. Mm-hmm. And guess who gave me the title? Who? Jesus did, girl. God did. He, gave, he told me write the book and gave me the title. And when I Googled it, I was like, God, the blood blocked it. I know some church people don't use that name. Girl, I Googled it and went to patent it. It, was, it wasn't it was used. I was like, God, you really want me to do this, huh? So I wow. did it. Got it LLC, got it patent, girl. And the blood blocked it is a movement. Glory to God. So do you have you had any um, testimonies ever since? Ever since my book? Yes, from different Girl, people. Girl, yes, 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 yes. A lot of people told me they got free. And I, I really just thought it was going to be a lot of younger people that, that get free from it because it'll keep them from going down the road that I went. But it's a lot of older people that say they are being set free. She was like, I, well, this one particular person, she was like, um, 
I've been holding this secret. Nobody know. I've been wow. age. She was like, your book helped me to release this. She was like, this is my first time releasing this. And it inspired other women to tell a story. Hmm. I'm teaching, I'm pointing them in a direction of how to write their book and how to get free. It's a season yeah. of freedom. Get free. Get free. Get free, baby. Get free. Glory to God. And I, I wanted to ask that as well. So this was your first book, right? Yeah, that's my first one. So how did you even go through the process of knowing how to write and how to get it published? Girl, look, when I tell you I ain't know nothing, and God told me write that book, I wrote it. My cousin is a, um, she's an English major. So I called her, I'm like, girl, I got this book. God done told me write this book. I'm done with it. You know I'm project. The book is all messed up. I said, it's a real nasty first draft, girl. Fix <laughs> it up for me. <laughs> and girl, she edited it. And I was Googling, I was researching like some um, self-publishing sites and stuff. And I ran a corrupt book baby. And I just submitted it. I reached out to a um, graphic designer. I went on Google and I was like, graphic designers, let me find somebody to do my book cover. And I gave her my vision of what I wanted. And she did the cover and I went through Book Baby, got the book self-published and we've been rolling ever since. Wow. I had a few proofreaders. I had to take some stuff out the book. They was like, well, you going too far? Not nah, girl, not. Nah. You, you might need the mic. You you might need to hold back on this, girl. I was telling it all. You hear me? You hear me, girl? I was telling it all, girl. I was telling it all, but I ain't gonna hurt nobody in that season because I was with a person and they wound up getting killed, and they never found out who did it but the family girl I put all type of stuff in the book you hear me it's a lot it's a lot that's amazing I just I just love the testimony on how when God tells you to do a thing he's gonna make a way for you to do it like nothing can stop what his word says yes it can it can So what does your life look like nowadays? What do you do on your everyday? Working, praying now that I'm I'm back praying. I'm 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 back to my one hour, taking care of these kids, encouraging these kids. I'm reaching out to shelters, trying to go speak for free because I really want to see people get free. Because the biggest lie that some that the devil whisper is that you cannot be free. And that when you in your sin, God don't want to hear that. That's what he died for, sweetheart. That's what he died for. He died for your sins. You could be in your sin right now and you can call on, God, I need help. You died for, this what you died for. Help me. If I could help me, I would have been stopped. Jesus, I need you to come and take this thing away from me. Turn my heart from it. And it's just encouraging people, whoever I run into. I'm a lab assistant and I work at a doctor's office. So I run into a lot of hemophilia patients. They have blood disorders and I was anemic. So, you know, I run across a lot of patients that that don't have, you know, they be down and stuck, you know, dealing with their health issues. And I just be a real sunshine, get them some encouraging, like keep praying, God can 
fix it. They don't know I be praying over their blood. I be like, God, let these test results come. I don't even care if they don't believe in God. I be like, God, let these test results come back good. <laughs> yes, amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. I love that so much. Um, when you're when you're not working, what do you like to do for fun? Girl, sleep. <laughs> I be wanna sleep. I told you, girl, man, sleep got this thing, girl. I be tired. <laughs> These kids be running me. <laughs> girl, I be running all day. I try to sleep, but I I can't. So I probably just take my kids, spend some time with my kids, take me and my kids somewhere. We'll just up and go do something. Like last weekend, two weekends ago, girl, we just up and went to Disney World. I'm like, come on, y'all, let's go. We we going to Disney. Let's let's get out this house, girl. I've been as much time with them as I can. Yeah, yeah. Because so my oldest, mm-hmm, I'm listening. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say that. I just really love your story and I want to give the people, you know, somewhere where we can we can keep track of you. You know, we want to see what you're doing and keep up with any things that you release. Well, I have my second book signed that I just released in March. It's a book of prayers, my personal prayers. I was going through a season where I couldn't pray. So God told me to write them and I wrote them and it became a book in a week. I wow. have all the prayers. God say, here go your second book right here. I, it's, it's, he is, God is very creative. Like he is, I be going through it. I be crying. I be just writing on, it was never meant to be a book. I was just writing my prayers. And God say, here go your book right here. Wow. And I just laugh like, really God? This what we doing now? Wow. And we gonna tell me first. <laughs> I love that. I think it's also uh, the time where we're so authentic now. You know, we we don't put up a front for the people in the church, but we realize that we are the church. Girl, just how yes. God created us. Yes. Yes. I can't be fake. I can't be fake. Before I go speak to somebody, before I even came on this interview, I'd be like, God, it's about you. It's not about me. You already chose me. I was a hood rat. I still don't, I don't talk proper like everybody else. I have tattoos everywhere. I even got a tattoo in my face, girl. Like I don't look like everybody else, but you did a move in my life and I'm gonna go tell the people what you did. Send me God, I'll go. Send me, I'll go. Cause it's it's about him. I can't be fake. I cannot be fake. I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm here to talk about Jesus and spend time with my kids, girl. Encourage people. Girl, people want you to be this certain, have this certain image and put up this certain front. Girl, no. Mm-mm. That ain't gonna get it. God wants you your rawness. He wants you just like you is. Because if he didn't, he'd have never picked you. I thought I had to change the way I talk. I thought I had to get tattoos removed, but I don't. I can reach a crowd that somebody can't reach because of the rawness. And my book is raw too. The blood blocked it is raw. You're gonna be like, girl, what? Did she really say that? Yes. And I'm on all, I'm on social media platforms. I'm on Facebook as Maya Scott. I'm on Instagram as Maya Shante. You can purchase my books on my website at www.thebloodblockedit.com. And 
podcast. Like, you can keep up with me in my YouTube, Maya Scott. Awesome. Glory to God. So do you have any um, upcoming projects coming up? Yeah, I, I um I do the feed feeding Fridays where I go feed the homeless on Fridays of uh, one Friday out of each month. So if you in the New Orleans area and you listening to this and you want to come out and help me feed the homeless, I'll be posting a flyer soon about it. Also, I'll be on Elevation TV Network August 24th. I'll be speaking at Women's on One Accord, September 6th. I'll be on, girl, I don't forgot the name of the radio show. I'll be on, I'm trying to go to the email. Um, I'm sorry, y'all. I have so much going on. I'll be on, it's called, It's called Blossom Radio Show, and I'll be on Buster Move September 1st. Oh, wow. Ooh, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> girl, I still got some more, girl, but I'm going through my email, but that's what I got going on. If you want to keep up with me, you can, it'll, I'll, I'll be posting it on Facebook. Wow, glory to God. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. I just know that your encouraging words set some people free tonight. Yes, I, it was a pleasure to be here. It was a pleasure to be here and encourage the people. And I'm gonna be waiting for your book, girl. I'm gonna be uh from relation from religion to relationship. I'm gonna be waiting on that book now. <laughs> Glory to God. Hmm. Well, thank you all for tuning in tonight. <laughs> <laughs> She said, girl, that, that God ain't tell me to do that, girl. <laughs> Listen, but I'm, look, I'm willing and obedient. I'm like, God, I just want you to have glory. So use me. You know, we're on the earth for a reason, you know? Yes. Glory girl, that's going to be a powerful book. Praise God. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. And remember to share. Have a nice night, everybody. Bye, y'all. Be blessed. Hey everybody, it's LaDonna Marie, internationally multi-award winning author, speaker, and personal development life coach of LaDonna Marie Books, where my mission is to discover the champion in you through healing and changing a narrative in your life one book at a time. You can shop and find out more information at www.ladonnamarie.org and check out the shop page. This has been another purpose-packed episode of Inspirational Talks with LaDonna Marie, a Planting Positive Seeds podcast. Please remember to like, share, and tell your friends about the podcast. Stay tuned for many more 
inspirational talks with LaDonna Marie.